0: Hi, I'm Issa Kwonga. And I'm Ryan Hunt. And we co-host Stadio, a football podcast, on the Ringer Podcast Network.
1: Twice a week, Musa and I talk about the goings-on in men's and women's football around Europe, and sometimes around the world. We like to zoom in, we like to zoom out, we like to make some silly references. So, if you like soccer or football, make sure you search for Stadio, a football podcast, on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Think we got it? Yep, that's good.
0: This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Let me tell you a little secret. If you want to end the day on an even better note, get yourself a sweet frozen treat from Sonic. Especially since right now at Sonic, you can get half-price shakes after 7 p.m. when you order online or in the app. That's creamy soft serve, hand-mixed with your favorite flavors for half the price in any size and flavor. So save on your chocolate shake today, your strawberry shake tomorrow, and your cheesecake shake the next day. Grab Sonic half-price shakes after 7 p.m. now. Exclusions apply, available for a limited time only at participating Sonic Drive-ins.
2: This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Okay, Sean, top 3 movie snacks of all time. Go.
0: Um, all right, let me think. Uh, popcorn, obviously. Hmm. Ice cream, that's two. Oh, and uh Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, of course peanut butter and chocolate is a pretty perfect
2: combination. Some may even say the ultimate movie snack.
0: You can't argue with that.
2: Find Reese's now at a store near you.
0: I'm Sean Fennessy. I'm
2: Amanda Dobbins. And this
0: is the Big Picture, a conversation show about the year 2020. We're drafting again, which means that Chris Ryan is here. Hi, Chris. It
3: feels like it's been a while since we've had a pure year draft. Is, is, is Am I misremembering
0: this? I 2006 was the last time we had a draft, about a year of films. I would describe that as a better year. Was that about 2006. getting to third base? Was that that draft? They're kind of all about that, right? <laughs> Wouldn't you say, Amanda? It's all about trying what to score? What
2: movie would have been about?
3: It was a discussion about you wanting to set up a, a separate business within NVIDIAs, hooking up friends with lonely men who watch films during the day (laughs) and I was I was against it I said that I don't pay the kind of price point that I have to pay to watch people
2: but so this is a different one than the time when (laughs) we were trying to define third base no that was part of the same conversation like third base keeps changing yes or it was regionally (laughs) different I would have said that was a different podcast a longer time ago. It's all
0: one podcast. Chris has been saying it for years, and it's truer than ever. We are uh, are recording every year. You guys, you didn't really know this until I made it clear, but when we get to the end of every year, we do a draft about three years previous. So at the end of 2022, we did a draft about 2019. Okay. At the end of 2021, we did a draft Thank about 2018.
2: You. He did, the last time he said this, he was like, yeah, these are written in stone. I was like, what the fuck are you
0: talking about? Well, I'm the only one who does the schedules. So <laughs> of course, I know You want to let us start scheduling yeah. things? Yeah. Of course not. You, neither of you are organized enough to pull it off. That's unfair. He's
2: not organized enough. I could do it. You guys just, have no idea how organized I am. Yeah, you are just a spreadsheet maniac, and I give you the birth.
0: Okay, and I in twenty twenty four you of, you will schedule the whole fine. the whole show. That's fine. Every episode <laughs>
2: that'll be great.
3: You
0: come up with all the ideas. You do it. Okay, twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: kind of a funny little year.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a weird one. I think the energy is appropriate right now. Who who were you in twenty twenty? Uh. I was uh, a frequent guest on the Big Picture
3: podcast. <laughs> uh, I was uh, just a guy who loved to watch stuff on screens and podcast about it. And then a funny little thing happened on the way to a wet market, and <laughs> the whole world sort of shut down. You still
0: believe that is what happened?
3: Let's just imagine okay. it could have been. A, it could have been a wet market. It could have been a lab. You know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think maybe by the end of the podcast, we'll just des- we'll decided for once and for all. <laughs>
0: What do you? Why do you think we had COVID nineteen? Do you have an answer?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who were you in twenty twenty?
2: I don't know. I was a I was a lady in a in a house yeah. like everybody else, and I yeah. was and I was lucky to be a, a lady in a house. Um, Yeah, just like a lot of screens, um, a Mm. lot of cooking projects. Mm -hmm. Um, Lady in a
3: House, great genre
2: (laughs) of
0: of movie. That's like Rebecca, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Are there any others? (laughs) 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 Just that one. In
3: Ferrari, there are ladies in two houses. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say they're really the focus of the film, but sure. Um, Yeah, 2020 was a tough time. That was not, that was a bad year. Uh, I. The thing that I watched the most in 2020 was almost certainly Donald Trump talking about COVID every day, which like, lest we forget, the pure insanity of that. Yeah, Uh, I watched a fuck ton of movies this year. This is the year that I joined Letterboxd, in part because I was like, what else am I going to do with myself? Uh,
3: It's amazing that that's what you'll remember about Well,
0: because there was nothing else to do. Like, obviously, we were making the podcast. We were trying to work. We were trying to figure out how to... Sustain the ringer, right? Yeah. Obviously, we were very far into doing this all together. The show itself, I think, actually in a very perversely kind of benefited from COVID because a lot of people were looking for things to rewatch or watch for the first time. They were looking for companionship in podcasting. Um, so, in a in, you know, in an uncomfortable way, I think it helped um, the big picture. But just an awful time
1: in the world, an awful time in America, uh, and a very weird time in movies. Before you go on the, uh, uh, the year in movies, do any of you know the title of the last big picture podcast before the COVID-19 pandemic news broke? I don't. Was it about The Hunt? Top five Mark Wahlberg movies. Oh, my God. Say hi to your mother for us.
2: Okay. Was I on that? Yeah, yeah you yeah. were. It was a
1: Spencer Confidential oh, episode. Yeah, and
2: we yeah. were in... Um, Look what, that, Look what they uh, took from us. Look
1: what COVID-19 uh, took from us. That episode is lost to time. <laughs> a great one. A great Chris Ryan. That's right. We talked a lot about the gambler on that episode. And I think the, I and
2: you did a lot of um What's oh, the boat perf- movie? Uh, Perfect, Perfect Storm. Storm. Yeah. Yes. You did Diane Lane.
0: The uh, The Ringer was also acquired by Spotify <laughs> roughly 1 week before Uh, there was a total lockdown. Do you
3: think it was because of the Wahlberg episode that they were
0: like, this is really... (laughs) Yeah. Put (laughs) sign on the dotted line, please, Bill Simmons. Um, That, yeah, it felt like a different time for sure. We were having a kind of normal first two months of the movie year. There was like Sonic the Hedgehog, right? And it was like Onward had come out, the Pixar movie, Birds of Prey, I remember, had come out. The Invisible Man was like Mm -hmm. a bit of a surprise hit. Oh, yeah. We were kind of off into our normal movie-going world and then obviously... Um, theaters more or less shut down. Do you guys remember the last movie you saw in theaters? Yeah. What was it? The Hunt. Yep, yeah, that probably was for me too. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I, and and that was well, I guess that was a screening,
0: probably, right? Um, yeah, yeah.
2: But I think that was the last screening, and I do remember seeing Sonic the Hedgehog, like getting dropped off at the ArcLight. Remember the ArcLight? Oh yeah. Um, Fuck. I know. I think I saw both the Hunt and ArcLight, and the and Sonic the Hedgehog at at the ArcLight.
3: I saw the Lodge. Uh, the Riley hmm. Keough horror, like moody horror movie at ArcLight, and I think even went to Stella Barra afterwards. And then that was that was it for those two. Establishments. Was it the last times
0: you went to either of those places yeah. in your life? Yeah, really, just a just a just Bummer Town. Now, obviously, there are not as many good movies from this year as there were in 2019. We were coming off of an, an amazing year, yeah, and a, a year that looks a little bit in retrospect like this year. But I would argue now that we've seen more or less the full slate of 2023, that 2019 actually has a lot of movies that are from great masters that are in contention for their best movies. You know, and they're also, in addition, to that was the conclusion of the Skywalker saga. And of course, Endgame was that year. And so it was like, it was a major movie year. It was, you know, the box office was massive that year. Plus we were getting, you know, Scorsese films and No Bomb Back and Parasite and all this great stuff. Plus we were getting... um you know, this sense that the events were paying off. And so it's very weird to look at what 2020 was supposed to be. And even thinking about what 2023 is now, how many of the movies that we're getting this year have been like the runoff of the three years that were paused. Mm -hmm. Which of the next three years do you think will have the worst slate? 2020, 2021, or 2022? Do you think it's
2: 2020? 21's really tough.
0: Yeah? Yeah. I haven't really thought about what that is.
2: Well, I can't remember why I was thinking about the 2022 Oscars. I mean, obviously, like, the slap. But, oh, I think I was thinking about Power of the Dog for some reason. I was thinking about Power of the Dog because I was thinking about the last time that Kirsten Dunst was, you know, out on the award circuit Mm -hmm. after uh, watching um, a certain trailer this morning. I don't know whether she'll be on the award circuit. Um, Civil War
0: is the film you're referring to. So,
2: I didn't know whether we were doing that thing where you want me to— like not reference time
0: this episode airs you know? in five days
2: <laughs> well i never know you know
0: it's not airing in like so, 2027 20, usually yeah
2: see i just try to follow the rules okay. that you set you know you're in charge
0: well i didn't set a rule what rule did i set
2: um but so what was nominated coda beat power of the dog right mm-hmm. and then like what else was that year i don't remember
3: 2021 yeah Oh man, this is a tough that was one. that
2: was a tough year. This is
3: actually making 2020 look like exactly. A cinch. That's yeah. Dune
0: came out in 2021.
2: Oh yeah, that was good. There was some
0: good stuff. The last French cool. Dispatch was that year. No Way Home was that year. There there were some some cool drive, drive my, car. my car.
3: Yeah, there was some cool stuff. This is also uh, the beginning of sort of like the Marvel
0: drought. So that's Eternals, Black Widow, and Shang Chi. Yeah, but you know, worst person in the West world. Side story, Licorice Pizza. I we had some good stuff in 2021 so I that makes me think that 2020 is this is the nadir of this this century probably in movies now there there are movies that I really like it's a very weird Academy Awards year um yeah can we can we just outline this for the purposes of
3: drafting Right, because the, w- didn't they extend Oscar eligibility Oh, they did far into 21 they for this? They did,
0: in fact. And so that, you're right. Good point. And so all of those movies that were extended will be eligible for our Oscar nominee category. Okay. So for example, I believe Judas and the Black Messiah is technically a 2021 it release. Is. And so
3: is uh, another one that was big. Let me see.
0: Is it Sound of Metal? No, Sound of Metal came out in 20. Um, Minari? Could be Minari. Although Minari debuted at 2020 Sundance. Or maybe Five Bloods. Mm, I think that was at the end of 2020. But there, there were films that, due to the extension, could technically be considered 2021 films. So then maybe the rule here... What do you think about this, Amanda? The rule here is that you can only draft that movie that was released in 2021 in the Oscar category.
3: So in, when okay. we do 2021, if somebody gets Judas and the Black Messiah here they cannot draft it.
0: I think you should be able to draft it in non-Oscar nominee. Okay. Like, what do you you think? Yeah,
3: I mean, that makes sense.
0: In the same way that it felt like time and space were being bent in 2020, I feel like we need to bend the time and space of the rules here.
2: Okay, I'm fine with that. Okay.
0: I mean, there's only really two or three movies that would probably apply for this that actually got nominated. Um, The signature thing I remember about this year is the fight over Tenet. Tenet going into movie theaters, going into Mm drive-ins, Christopher Nolan wanting the film to be in theaters... There being anxiety and concern about the spread of COVID um, in movie theaters. You
3: two driving through a forest fire to go see Tenant at a drive-in. Yes,
2: yeah, in San Diego. Yes,
0: yes, which was I thought a nice experience.
2: We had a great time. It was
0: wonderful. Yeah. Tenant rocked. Yeah. so that was cool. Um, but that I don't know. There was a lot of bad faith arguments about like and a real lack of information and a lack of science around like what did what was and was not dangerous. To this day, I still feel like there's confusion around it because people are still getting COVID, obviously, and so. We were talking about it like every week. Uh, Oh,
3: COVID's like impact on theaters and whether theaters would be open or whether they should be open and stuff like that. Exactly.
0: And you know, some did open and stay open for long stretches of time after like the immediate lockdowns. Yeah, responded different ways. Um, I can't remember when. I think the last time, the first time I went back into a movie theater was Quiet Place Part Two, which would have been me as well. Twenty one.
2: It was was, and it was post vaccine.
0: Yeah, post vaccine. I went to uh, see Old. That the, was your first time back ML in, and that movies. was the summer of 21? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we just didn't spend very much time in movie theaters this year. That's really the takeaway. I wonder if the movies themselves are diminished by our experiences with them. You know, this is the mank year. This is like, that was my favorite movie of this year. I never saw this movie on a big screen. There are so many movies this year that I did see in 2023 that if I hadn't seen it on the big screen, I might have had a different relationship to it. I might not have liked it as much. We even, speaking of David Fincher, we talked yep. about The Killer and we had the good fortune, all three of us had the good fortune to see The Killer on the big screen. Bobby did too. And so that's a movie that maybe feels a little small and a little like minor
4: uh-huh. if you
0: don't get a chance to experience it in that way. And this is a common concern for all movies, but it felt like it really metastasized in 2020. So I don't know. It's, it's a little bit hard to know, like, was it actually awful? So my my
3: observation about this roster of movies from this year, at least for my purposes and what I saw, which is probably the fewest number of titles that I've seen since working at Grantland and the Rare. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like one of those things where you take out the top, like you basically like lop off like the blockbusters and the Oscar movies because this is such a strange year. And then what you have is about 30 to 40 interesting Mm -hmm. Mm B-movies. So I think it'll be a kind of a fun draft, but a little bit different than most drafts because it'll be a lot of personal taste and it'll be a lot of almost probably recommendations for movies that have been lost to time.
2: Yeah. Or just smaller movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and some of that is Sundance did happen Mm -hmm. as planned and we all were at that Sundance, Mm -hmm. but it's like as the year went on, whether it was studios releasing blockbusters or awards movies or... people started sitting on things because they were afraid of either the financial consequences of not releasing in theaters which that was reasonable Mm -hmm. like that it it turned out that you lost money and or didn't want them on streaming so the like the indies the movies that were released released in the first couple months of the year were like according to plan so i have like you know, I have some movies that I saw at Sundance or some some smaller streaming-friendly movies that I was like, "Oh, these are pretty good" because mm-hmm. people kept releasing them. But blockbuster is just like a, a brutal category.
0: With that in mind, I have uh, changed the threshold mm. for blockbuster As in our categories to. because there was no other way to do this. Um, the categories we'll be choosing from today: drama, action, thriller, horror, comedy, blockbuster, and the new the new threshold is twenty five million. Which is probably the lowest we've had since we did a 1975 movie draft, Oscar nominee and wild card. Mm-hmm. Is this a mistake? This exercise? Nope. exercise? No, mm-hmm. I think this is cool. Good idea. Great Drafting? idea.
2: All your ideas are great.
0: <laughs> you're right on the you're on the edge. <laughs> you're right on the edge. <laughs> we got you. Got to get to the end of the year.
3: <laughs> yeah, we you guys have just <laughs> pod like so much. Forty five more podcasts.
0: We got to get through it. Okay, but this uh, is my
3: last one with you guys
0: today, right? It is. Yeah. Should we, should we do draft order? This is crucial. Yes.
1: Yeah, we should. It is. <sighs> Going first will be Sean. Fuck. God damn it. Wow. You just you love to hear it. You just you absolutely love to hear it.
2: <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> I said fuck. I said goddamn damn it, but other than that, I didn't say anything. Amanda is second and Chris for third. What what good does
1: that do, (sighs) me? Fantastic news. Uh, I'm delighted
0: to select the film Tenet and Blockbuster. Yeah, each. shit. Yeah, no shit. uh, Which uh, I did not see in a movie theater, but I did see a drive-in, as Chris mentioned. Seated in separate cars alongside Amanda. This is one of my favorite Christopher Nolan movies. (laughs) Sort of a metaphor. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Together but separate, or separate but together? Is you guys really all the got question. that yeah. I
3: think I remember seeing some pics of like a kind of uh, yeah. tailgate situation yeah. going. Yeah. From like we you across literally the didn't road. know if
0: we could get within ten feet yeah. of each other. That's it, that was that time. Yeah, very uh, very strange. I I just uh,
2: remember looking over and watching you take a photo through your windshield of the WB logo yeah. to then put it, it on it went your Instagram. Red. Yeah, it went all red. At the, yeah. Of the
0: movie. Yeah,
3: I just remember taking walks wearing uh, a Liverpool buff over my face. And just that being like probably not a very effective, uh, yeah, it was not surgically sound, you know?
0: Yeah. I,
3: th- so I, I apologize to,
0: <laughs> I think I, I definitely overrate this movie because nothing else was even close to this level There's of no movie way making to this year. Right. This
3: movie, yeah, let's just get this that. Movie straight. Rules. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm, glad, I'm glad we all agree about that. Um, and it's one of the really the only box office successes of this year. There's a very short list of movies that even qualify for the twenty five million dollar threshold. So I felt like it's kind of the only movie. There's twelve movies that that fit the bill here, but many of them are not movies you'd want to talk about on a podcast. So that's the only strategic choice. Plus, it's a movie that I love that I've talked about a bunch. Um, okay, you got to. Who's in two and who's in I three? I'm second. I'm third.
2: I'm second, and I guess strategically. I have to. I mean, this is not an Amanda pick, but I will take Extraction in action, horror, thriller.
0: Ooh. Oh, interesting. That is not an
3: Amanda pick.
2: I know, but, you know, there aren't that many.
3: This is a great horror year.
2: So, right. But for me, I, you know, you guys could have, I don't know. Uh, I I remember just watching this in my in my living room and just being like, no. Nah! Um, <laughs> and Wait,
3: can you get can we unpack that a little bit? So because well, that could mean so many things, you know. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, it was just like Chris Hemsworth just absolutely, yeah, beating up on dudes. And I don't think the second extraction was very good, but there was something like pretty exhilarating about this, especially after not having been outside, not having seen literally anything except like quiet dramas about people and their feelings. And yeah. this certainly doesn't have feelings. Um that might be one of its uh, you know, minuses. Or, but I don't or know. Pluses. it were yeah. pluses. It 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 was pretty good. And at the specific moment of 2020 to have this um out in the world. And and like also I everyone seemed to feel that way. It was sort of this where like, hey, have you seen extraction? That those those guys really fucked some shit up.
0: Yeah, it dropped on April 24th, 2020, which is yeah. right when everyone was sort of starting to lose their mind. That yeah. was roughly five, six weeks after lockdown, and I'm sure many people were like, so is this it? Mm-hmm. Like, is this, that was the most sustained um, isolation that I've ever experienced. And yeah. so something like this, which was so physical and 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 throat punchy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Felt like a release. I think, uh, I don't know if you guys
3: had a chance to dig into Netflix's uh, data project that they released where they they talked about this. These films are incredibly popular. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I suspect two is huge. Yes. Um, It's
3: it's in the top 15 all time for Netflix, I think.
0: These are also easily translatable to other countries, the extraction movies.
3: And Hemsworth, I don't know, you know... Actually a big star. Of yeah. all of the weird vanity action franchises that they've done where it's like Gray Man and Red Notice and like all this stuff mm-hmm. like this is probably probably my favorite I think. Uh, of like the post-Avengers guys yeah, getting I'd... to do these movies that like kind of have no plot.
0: Yeah. I mean I, I think I had Sam Hargrave the director on the show when it came out and he's in that mold of David Leitch and Chad Stahelski and you know going back to the Reynolds collaborators of like former stuntman turned filmmaker, yeah. And so, in most of those movies, like Hal Needham movies are fun and funny, but the you're there for the stunts and you're right. there for the set pieces. And the set pieces, especially in this one, I thought were more successful than in, than in two,
2: yeah, absolutely. But, Where you could see the seams a little,
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's a good pick. Um, okay, CR, you got two picks for Oscars. I will take Mank. Mm.
3: The real question here is what to do next. I feel like, I feel like. You, have you revisited Bank recently? I did when The Killer came out. It was recommended to me by the Netflix algorithm. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so thank you to Ted. Uh, I I think Bank's wonderful. You know, and just... Actually, now, uh, I, honestly, what happens in the year that something comes out is that it has all this pressure to live up to, like, whatever the Oscar expectations are right, or whatever right, right. the top ten expectations are. And there's, like, this it's not as good as you say it is mm-hmm. kind of argument. And mm-hmm. then... Once it's outside of the year, it can just be a movie. And as a movie, an amazing Gary Olin performance, just a dizzying act of, like, filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I love all the behind-the-scenes Hollywood stuff. I think people kind of are like, there is, like, a weird anti-Mank narrative out there where it's like, this is one of his worst movies and you guys just don't see it. But I, I, I love this movie.
2: Did those same people also not like The Killer? Uh, no, not necessarily. Okay.
3: Uh I, I also Is like it th- just
2: like a group of dudes out there being like make my club again for sure? <laughs> you know? Um, yes, yeah.
3: And you are one of those dudes because <laughs> yeah. you're like extraction <laughs> <laughs> is, is good shit. <laughs> when I watch extraction, I go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I wish you would pivot to being like action Amanda, you know, <laughs> and just be like, This is great stunt shit. God damn. Uh, make for Oscars and I guess just to make sure that I get one that isn't like punishing I am
0: going to take The Gentleman in yeah. Blockbuster that was one of three films I had on this list As,
2: it, I, was, it was for me that I, was also one of the last screenings I went to that's right, yeah, you and I we, went, we yeah. went I hate
3: to just be candid with you guys but it's 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 what I have to do I think I may have seen The Gentleman more than any other 2020 movie <laughs> <laughs> the gentleman, when it is on, I am yep. like, I must see Charlie Hunnam pull out an AK 47 on these guys, or I must see uh Hugh Grant do his disgusting accent. It's
2: so bad.
3: Uh it's just awesome. I'm all about Michelle Dockery in that movie. It's tough. It's it's really it, she she may be like the person I she may be the number one draft pick for Throw My Life Away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've shared in the
3: past. In <laughs> that movie? Yes. Re- like, really, because she's like got that like Cockney accent.
2: So Cockney accents are—it's like that's to me, big it's very
0: hot. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. I met her in person once, and it was like she's, wow. listen. Fuck me up, man. Michelle
2: Dockery <laughs> is incredibly attractive. I'm very pro. I don't know if I thought she was like the strongest part of the gentleman. I didn't.
3: I didn't. Okay. I don't necessarily think so. I do think I do enjoy her okay. performance, though.
1: And just a just a programming note: the throw my life away draft is dropping on <laughs> Christmas morning on the JMO feed. <laughs> We already recorded that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: That's an, That would actually be an Edie incredible... Falco and Copland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who else? I just said this before. What
3: was the? Oh, Ellen Barkin and Sea of Love. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle yeah. uh, Dockery,
0: <laughs> Judd, and he. Oh, man, you're forgetting a, a huge player. Oh,
2: even I know who this is. Even
0: Mendez? No, no. Dana Wheeler Nicholson. Oh yeah. From Flesh. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
2: my god, dude. <laughs> it's
0: a really good it's a good category. Uh okay, Amanda, you got two picks. No, you got no, one pick. No, I have one pick.
2: pick and I will take in comedy uh Palm Springs. God damn it. Well, I had to. Um, one of the actually really delightful good movies released in twenty twenty. Um, we saw it well, I guess I didn't actually see it at Sundance. We just met the producers at Sundance. We did. Wonderful um, people. Wonderful people. Very kind. And then the film was acquired for a, a historic amount of money.
0: I believe $17.5 million Happy dollars. for everybody. Honestly, and, worth it. Yeah. How many and then people saw this movie?
2: It was released on Hulu. And there, there was like a kismet in sort of a like Groundhog Day, like time loop rom-com being released during the pandemic Absolutely. when we were all living on like a time loop. But, you know, outside of that, it just great premise extremely well executed, funny minute to minute, funny on the big, like the the big arc. Uh, great cast. Congratulations to them.
0: Great pick. Probably would have been my next pick. Yeah. Terrific movie. Gosh, where to go now? Can I ask a point of order question? So we were texting about this a little bit, but we didn't get to the bottom of it. So small acts. Yeah. The Steve McQueen I believe five part five film collection. On Amazon, you when I asked you what what you guys what the parameters of this should be, you you said that you think that Small acts in full should be considered one film.
2: Yeah, because you can't. I like if we all just draft individual ones, that's no fun.
0: Uh, I, I asked because when I did my year end list, I broke up the mo- you know like I ranked right, them yes, in, as yes. individual movies, and I you know they're not re- they're they're kind of thematically related, but they're not the characters are not there's no crossover or anything right. like that. Um, I'm not. I'm, I bring that up because I want to ask one more thing, which is, um, and I'm fine with that if that's ultimately what you think is the best thing to do. What about the Last Dance? No, that was TV. That's a television docu series.
3: Can, can we yeah. pick White Lotus then? I mean,
0: well, I was th- I was just thinking of um, OJ Made in America, which you know a very was few a film. People got to see OJ Made in America the way you did. I saw it in the theater. Which yeah, cool.
2: yeah, that was cool. Um, I d- I didn't. Um... Was Last Dance submitted for Oscars?
0: I think it was no longer eligible. Right. Because they changed that rule. Yeah. So, there you so, go. so no Last Dance. No
2: Last Dance. Okay.
0: Um, okay, good to know. I've got two picks. In comedy, I'm taking Shithouse.
2: Oh, that was, yeah, I forgot about that. That's which nice. I think is
0: one of the very small but nice upsides of a year like this, where a lot of things were moved off the slate. And a Sundance film, was it Sund- was it meant to be a South By film? I think it was maybe meant to be a South by film that didn't get a chance to play because South by, which we were planning to go to. We were uh, mere
1: days away from going to. Um, Me and Chris were still riding that train. We were like, we're going to be good. Just have a couple beers. Nothing's going to get us. We'll get
3: that Liberty Tavern vaccine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it it, it was South by. It was supposed to premiere at South by and obviously that got pushed. And then that led to a faster release of this movie by Cooper Reif who is kind of fresh out of college. I think he was 24 when he made this movie about a depressed kid in college looking Mm -hmm. for a connection that had kind of pangs of Richard Linklater and John Hughes and um, very sophisticated movie for a young guy to make that would not have gotten the amount of attention. I mean, he appeared on the Bill Simmons podcast, Cooper.
2: I know, that was very sweet.
0: Pretty crazy. This is shot in your neighborhood essentially, isn't it?
2: Yes, and every time I drive to Sean's house, there's like a cut through that... Goes by Occidental. Yeah, and like specifically this scene when they... They're not like quite hiking, but they they are in those hills yeah. somewhere, mm-hmm. do you remember? Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, I wonder if this is exactly where the scene from Cooper Shit and house. Dylan yeah.
0: Galloulou, yeah. Exactly. Um, incredibly charming movie. Had a, a, more problems with Cha-Cha Real Smooth, his follow-up, which I found to be yeah. a very strange movie. Uh, but I'm, I'm holding my Cooper stock. Because he's making a movie about hockey next i think his next movie is called the trashers yes and that's supposed to come out next year it's about hockey so i think fingers crossed but i really liked this movie and thought it was very sweet and and cooper was a really nice guy um okay so that's comedy weird comedy year some good movies Mm -hmm. i i I kept this category because there actually were a bunch of mainstream ish comedies released I think I'm going to go action thriller horror now. I'm I'm not going to take what Chris has. I think I'm going to take The Invisible Man. Um, Yeah. And now, so you've also basically
3: taken the three good blockbusters. Yeah. So this was always going to be the element of this draft that was fascinating is whether or not somebody would take one of the Oscar noms or blockbusters in one of the genre genre categories, uh, thus upending things. So I'm glad I got, I'm glad we all got our, our, movies there right did you get a blockbuster yet
2: no but i have one more
0: okay good uh the invisible man is lee winnell's reimagining of uh the classical universal horror story featuring an incredible performance from elizabeth moss i thought a really great rendering of the kind of physical manifestation of an invisible man in our world obviously deeply metaphorical movie about essentially like women not being believed i don't know if you ever watched this movie i did yeah um but i think really really good really underrated and Coming at a funny time as we're doing this because it was just announced this morning that Lee Winnell is, who's making a Wolfman movie just replaced his Wolfman who was going to be Ryan Gosling and is now going to be Christopher Abbott. And I would argue that that's actually an upgrade. Even though I love Gosling, I think Christopher Abbott is very well suited to a Wolfman kind of a part even though he's not as big a star. Um, I like this movie a lot. It was a big surprise hit. Classic like Blumhouse reinvention. Mm-hmm. Um, and they nailed it. So, and I saw this one in theaters for sure. Okay. Amanda, back to you.
2: Hmm. I'm trying to think what would be more entertaining to do right now. Cause I, I, I don't know. This is where it gets like a little sparse or not sparse, but I like Personal I favorites. Yeah. I don't anymore. know if we're competing yeah. against yeah. each other. Yeah. So,
0: well, it's weird in a year with not a lot of stuff. Right. It's oddly more dispersed amongst our tastes. Yes.
2: I, I, so. I guess I'll just take my f- favorite being a loaded word. Um, about this film but one of the best movies to be in my opinion in drama which is never really sometimes always yes I which guess. is Eliza Hitman's uh abortion. Yep. Thriller basically I I guess I could have taken this in thriller though that's like not really in this it's it's not thrilling it's tense. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and it's like it, it's
3: kind of a procedural in is, some ways. It is it yeah. is it is
2: the story of like a, a young woman um trying her best to get an abortion. Um and the the hoops and the like obstacles and, like, small dangers that she has to go through in order to, like, just get a medical procedure. Um, It's incredibly well-written, acted, edited, devastating, perennially timely, um, and a great movie if you haven't seen it. So
0: Great pick. Amazing movie. Yeah. Definitely one of the best movies of the year. Um, I had the very bizarre experience, personally, of interviewing Eliza Hittman, um, at Sundance at Sundance on the day that Kobe Bryant passed away and ha- just having a very that was just a s- surreal January followed closely by a surreal February and I think me and Bill had
3: just done the Kobe Bryant BS pod yeah, and then you did your pod afterwards
2: I was in a screening for a movie that I feel confident will not be drafted which was Julie Tamer's The Glorious yeah, and then that was a boring movie that was Julianne Moore right? yeah and like Julianne Moore is on stage and I like turned on my phone because it was the premiere and then I was just like oh this is this is very strange. Wild stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: That was a bizarre time in our history. Um, okay, Chris. Okay. Two picks. For comedy,
3: I'm going to take Happiest Season, mm-hmm. which is Cleo Duvall's, what has become a holiday staple in my house. Mm-hmm. My wife and I oh, love Oh, that's this movie. nice. We watch it pretty much every Christmas. It's uh, Mackenzie Davis uh, and Kristen Stewart and um, Aubrey Plaza in a... I guess a lesbian love triangle Mm -hmm. and also it's got like a great Christmas uh story it's set in
2: Pittsburgh I believe so
3: um or shot there but it's just one of the loveliest kind of like somewhat melancholy romantic comedies and holiday movies uh Alison Brie is great in this um is Mary Steenburgen the mother in this I forget
2: yeah, I yes. think so. And then Victor Garber is the dad. Victor Garber dad. is the
3: dad. It's just a really dynamite. If you're looking for like a, a a holiday movie to to try, if you haven't heard seen this yet, it's on Hulu, I believe. So check that out. Uh, so that's for my comedy. And then for, I feel like we
0: weirdly this, the success of movies like Palm Springs and Happiest Seasons worked against comedies in Hollywood
3: because they were like, we can just buy these for twelve million and just let them
0: play forever right. we don't need to develop them for theatrical we don't have to worry about movie stars we'll just even the quote-unquote like, good ones will just go on a streaming yeah right, but I, but I, 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 oh go ahead it was already happening it was already happening
2: no i know but it's like the those are like stupid lessons to learn from those movies which were successful because they do have movie stars in andy sandberg and christina malati and kristen, kristen stewart. stewart yeah um, who just is sensationally hot in Happiest Season. It's really it's really quite something. Um and those movies like are thought through and have real scripts and they, you know
0: they could have been theatrical. They, they movies. at least
2: like paid for like some of the production design as opposed to whatever they're doing now with the direct to streaming rom coms, which is really upsetting.
0: It's a drag. Happy season is
3: good. You got another pick. I do. I'm going to take this movie in drama, although I think it could also go in comedy, and I'm going to do another round. Go mm. mm. uh, Mads Mickelson. I don't think we've ever discussed this Thomas movie. Thomas Vinterberg's uh, kind of midlife crisis film about intentional alcoholism, I guess. Um, very sad at places. Also hilarious in places. Uh, very, very Scandinavian in that sense. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just really... I really adored this movie. It was such a such a creative and and weirdly funny film. Um, but I will take it in drama
0: because it is also very sad. Do you like the ending?
3: Uh yeah,
0: yeah. It's one of the like great a, endings. Yeah, it's when he's dancing on That's the right. Yeah, I do love the ending. I interviewed Mads, Mads Mikkelsen for this movie, and was he like his power, his energy? Oh, that's was so right. Powerful. And this <laughs> his
2: screenshots were also
0: he he Bobby, were you on
1: that interview? I believe you were. I was, yeah. Um, he was in a zone, and, and he was in a whole different ether. I, I mean, I questioned whether or not I am a man after spending time with him. <laughs> and
0: Thomas Winterberg was like so sweet and yeah. you know very generous and nice and normal. And he did a great job on that awards circuit. Oh and yeah, he, he won for the and best I've, best original screenplay. And yeah.
2: I thought his acceptance speech was, was incredibly great. moving.
0: It was great, and he's he's a really interesting filmmaker. Would you consider this a drama or a comedy? I think it's a drama. I think there's funny the guys are getting it. together yeah, yeah, yeah. and
3: getting bombed, like, it's kind of It's funny. fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: but it's not. It's not a comedy. Yeah. It's like an existential crisis movie in a lot of ways. Um, that's a good pick. Okay, Amanda, you've got another pick.
2: So, another round was on my Oscar nominees list. So, I guess I'll just go ahead and go on that one. And I'm going to take um Vadis Aida, mm. which was the um, Bosnian international feature. And another one where, like, I guess... Technically, it could go in thriller, though it's like not thrilling where it's leading, it's horrifying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a movie about, um, I guess a, a UN translator, um, who is working basically through what is going to become this rabbinic massacre, and it is, um, just vivid and it was like the first movie that came to mind when I was thinking about Oscar nominees from this year I saw it sort of late in the year or else I think I would have put it on my best list I just like really really upsetting and communicates like both like attention throughout the movie that then just like pays off and like an absolute like yours you know the the bottom falling out of everything in a in a very very upsetting memorable
0: way. This is going to be an idiosyncratic list.
3: Yeah, I think this is great though because I have not thought of that film and I actually realize I've never seen
0: it. So I will I will effort it's, to see it. Is it so on Hulu? Soon. I want yeah. to say I it's think it Hulu. was for a long it was, time. It's yeah. on Hulu. It's on yeah. Hulu, yeah. I th- it's worth checking out for sure if people haven't seen it. We talked about it quite a bit around. Yeah. So that's two consecutive Best uh, International Feature nominees. Yeah, I don't know if I have a third in me. <laughs> I don't think I do. Although that, w- that would have been sweet. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Spring is such a refreshing time of year. Flowers are blooming and you're getting your house in order. But now is also a good time to take a second look at your wireless plan, because you might be overpaying. Right now, Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash bigpick. That's mintmobile.com slash big pick $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month for first three month plan only speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See mint mobile for details.
5: This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com.
0: Let's take a look at Oscar nominee. I've got four options. Is it bad faith to take Judas and the Black Messiah?
2: Because it's...
0: Because it's technically released care. in February of no, 2021. Who cares now? No. Who cares it's the movie that I think I like the most. Now, I have a big emotional relationship to a couple of other movies on this list um, that are potential Oscar nominees. I quite I quite liked Nomadland and Soul um, and found good points of... Would pers- you have taken pers- Mank had you... I would have, yeah. yeah that I would have been would, your first choice. That would have been my first choice if you hadn't taken it, but I understood why you took it. Uh, I'm going to take Judas in the Black Messiah. I'm reminded of Jesse Plemons's, uh power, seeing him in, for 30 seconds in the Civil War trailer. It's um, really powerful. Of course, Daniel Kaluuya won the Best Supporting Actor Oscar for this movie, and he is amazing yeah. in this movie.
3: Look, he's really good in this movie, too. Yes. Th- this did not get any kind of theatrical release, right? This was a straight-to-max thing?
0: Hi, it, it was a straight-to-max movie. I don't recall if it had a run in movie theaters. I think I, it was... It, it was, says it made $7.4 million at the box office.
2: I, I have no no idea.
0: I don't remember either. February 12th, 2021 was its release date. Um, just, a, just a riveting and um, old-fashioned mm-hmm. portrait of Fred Hampton, kind of similar to the way we were just describing Ferrari, this kind of microscope biopic. Uh, of a very short period of time in the life of some you know, important people in American history. And a movie of performances, Dominique Fishback, also terrific in this movie. Uh, and we have not seen a movie from Shaka King since this. I'm still waiting that? to see what he does next. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know if he has a movie planned. But he was a great interview when he was on the show talking about the movie. Really smart guy. Um, so I look forward to what he does next. But I, I, I love this movie. So that's my Oscar nominee. I got one more, huh? I guess I'm looking at a drama. First cow. Kelly Reichert's uh, portrait of friendship lost to time and about the way that the world evolved and became a commercial enterprise uh, and projected humanity in a lot of ways. Very big themes in this movie. Uh, Indelible opening moments of the film when um, some people hanging out in Portland discover the remains of people who had lived 100 years prior. Uh, We were just talking about Kelly Reichert's movies because you had showing up on your your end Mm -hmm. list, and you were saying historically you've not always, like, clicked
2: with her. I admired, but didn't, like, fully
0: connect. Um, I do. I I love her movies. I love this movie. I don't know if this is my favorite of hers. Probably not, but it is very high up there. Um, And she was one of the last people I interviewed on the show in person. Mm. Uh, And I remember she did not want to shake my hand
2: Oh, because she wanted of... to give
0: me a fist bump because she was we were becoming more and more aware, right. of COVID, and so that's very memorable. When you to me. next see
3: Kelly Riker, will you give her like a bro hug to be like, we now we can do this?
0: I noted with interest that when I spoke to her for showing up, she was on Zoom, and so maybe that tells you a little bit about how she wants to conduct her press going forward. Uh, who can blame her? But yeah, so first, I would do an elaborate
3: drama. basketball handshake with Kelly Riker. Like you know, like bird fly, mm-hmm. two two slabs playing. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm sure she'd be really into that. Yeah, uh, you've got to pick.
2: I do. In blockbuster, I shall take Bad Boys for Life because here's what I want to say. <laughs> you know what? In 2020, you gooned out. Well, in 2020, <laughs> sure, that, but also. You, you
3: fucking that's me. gooned it up.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's right. In 2020, in many ways, we did not know what we now know in 2023, you know? And so going back to the movie theaters with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence and Michael Bay in a cameo
4: mm-hmm. and great Reggie. Cameo. It
2: was a great cameo. I mean, at the time, we had a fun time, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. and And then. And then the rest of life happened. Everything that we now know happened. But th- that's okay. Also, you guys took the other blockbusters.
3: <laughs> I do feel like, though, extraction and Bad Boys... Yeah, that's right. What's up? It paves the way for Knox. You know? Okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, you had those films banging around your head, mm-hmm. and the next thing you
0: knew... Exactly. Here's Knox. Was I bummed out after this?
2: After bad, Boys. or was I like
0: this is this was no I, we, I had a fun, we, we had a we had a fun time okay. yeah I oh, know we were, saw it together were we were like, like, like
2: we weren't like the movie it was not like an existential crisis for you okay. I think you really liked the Michael Bay cameo you I were did, just like I did that's really my guy like that, yeah and I think like that you had had such a crisis about um, Will Smith's genie who fucks in Aladdin <laughs> that it was I think sort of reassuring to you to just have like semi normal Will Smith back.
0: Okay. I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again, but it's good to yeah. know I didn't freak out about sure. it. Sure. Um, the other eligible movies for Blockbuster for anybody who's curious. So, Amanda Selected Bad Boys for Life, which was the number one movie of the year. Yeah, that's at right. The box office, 206 million in the US. Sonic the Hedgehog was two at 148. Birds of Prey was three at 84 million. Doolittle was four. We saw that together. At 77 million. I did have a crisis after that one. That's I d- a fucking I did as well.
2: Movie. I also spent a lot of time trying to figure out what woman actor I loved was voicing, like, the bird. I don't know whether it was, like, a a peacock or a did eagle or something. I believe it was Emma Thompson. But now, like, I had a real moment of darkness when I realized... I spent 30 minutes being like, who is that? Who is that? And then I think it was, like, Emma Thompson. And then I was really mad. It was. But, Emma yeah. Thompson
0: portrays Polynesia. <laughs>
2: Sure. And what kind one? of bird?
0: Uh, she portrays a macaw
2: right. named Polynesia. Yeah. Okay.
0: I'd like to give you a, some of the other voice talents yeah. that contributed to Doolittle? to Doolittle.
3: Is this who's it, who's the star of Doolittle?
0: You Down. know who it is. Yeah, yeah it's Jr. your guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, voice cast: I'm, We mentioned Emma Thompson. Rami Malek is Chi-Chi, a shy but noble mountain gorilla. John Cena is Yoshi, <laughs> a happy-go-lucky polar bear who wears a chulo because he is always cold. Kumel Nanjiani, as Plimpton, a mischievous and critical but well-meaning ostrich who wears striped stockings and argues with Yoshi as well as carrying Doolittle around on occasion. Octavia Spencer dad coming from? I'm looking at Wikipedia. I'm not even close to done. I thought these were maybe, maybe from the <laughs> notes. I, I, I have a solid four minutes of this in me. I, are these I'm, canon
2: based on like the original Doolittle?
0: This, they were in the Bible. yes. Okay. Um... I'll just give you the rest. Is of the Is that names. where the Doolittle story comes from? Yes, from handed down from God on a tablet. Uh, I do mentioned.
3: <laughs> Did you guys know that Mel Gibson's making a second Passion of the Christ movie?
0: Uh, yes, paradoxical. Like, see, but do he, you think is, it's he's, about? He's it's, done. It's I think. got
3: some Doolittle content in it. <laughs>
0: Could be. Maybe we'll see that Macaw again. You
2: have to. You have to read the rest of the cast as well. As it's
0: crazy. No, Tom, Tom to read it I know. As Keep Jip, going. a loyal lurcher who wears glasses. Craig Robinson as Kevin, a cheeky, chippy red squirrel with a bad attitude. <laughs> Rafe Fines as Barry, an aggressive Bengal tiger with golden f- fangs who lives on Montverde Ma- Mont and has a past with Doolittle. Keep going. Selena Gomez as Betsy, a friendly Maasai giraffe. Marion Cotillard as Tutu, a French red fox. Who's just asking questions. <laughs> and one, one more for the audience. Jason Mendoza as James, a comical... Damsel fly. I had no Did idea. Did you say Banderas? He's a he's a plays a human. Oh, he okay. plays the king. Uh do a little But he's things. still animated, right? Uh no, he's not animated. <laughs> Antonio Banderas is just in this also, movie. Yes.
2: You skipped your queen, Jesse Buckley, playing the literal Queen Victoria.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was a human as well, but she was wonderful. This film also features Jim Broadband and Michael Sheen. There's a lot of talent in this movie. Very tough. Uh other movies in the top twelve of that year, I got Invisible Man, The Call, of the Wild, the Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford, Jack London movie. What are you doing? Are you just naming movies? These were the box off op- the box <laughs> okay, office contenders yeah. from that year. Onward, the Pixar. movie. This is movie. like a
3: draft technique that I don't like. Is when people are like, "Here's a bunch of movies that I won't be picking," and then I pick well, something.
0: I'm sorry, but you're stuck with me.
3: The Croods, no, a new I don't age. I mean, just you. It's like a it's like a, a disease that we all have. Okay but I tried to inoculate myself Were you thinking
0: it. about taking the Crudes in New Age, which Amanda recently <laughs> referenced on this pod? Because so that's how Emma Stone
2: announced her pregnancy, <laughs> on the red carpet for Crudes and New Age. I'm happy for her. She had a baby? Yeah. Oh, my God. No idea. Yeah.
0: Wait till you see poor things. Pandemic Congrats. baby. Good yeah. lord. <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman
2: 1984.
0: Yeah. Did you say Tenet? I didn't say Tenet. I got okay. Tenet, obviously. Um, the Gentleman, drafted here. Mm-hmm. And Fantasy Island, which is a film that I saw in theaters. Which was a horror reinvention of the famous network movie, right? uh, drama series as a Blumhouse movie. Yeah, um, we're still going with our picks, though. Who's up now, Christopher? Wait, who? who why did we start talking about Doolittle?
2: Because I picked Bad Boys for Life. Okay, which is the number one Dolittle blockbuster.
0: Be a crisis.
3: So you have two yeah. more
0: picks, and Amanda and I both have one more. Okay,
3: pick. so for action, horror, thriller, I'm gonna mix it up. I've I because I feel like we've done horror drafts from this decade and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Whatever. I'm gonna pick the rental, uh, which is Dave Franco and Joe Swanberg's thriller horror movie set at an Oregon Airbnb where they get terrorized by something or someone, someone. Uh, it's great cast. Uh, Dan Stevens and Allison Brie and Jeremy Allen White. Um, and it is a great re- rewatchable John Carpentery kind of uh very contemporary thriller about all the anxieties people have about class and also leisure and all this other stuff there's a lot of casual drug taking in this movie that i think impacts people's reactions to truly terrifying things happening i love this movie there's a bunch of really great horror movies from this year i've picked different ones in different drafts for different reasons but i'm going to go with the rental for this year just cuz i also remember this being real like me and my wife phoebe watched it like and we're just like yes like mm. this is so fun to like imagine going to oregon
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and being murdered yeah uh, so I'll do that there and then I guess I have wild card right you do what's to pick you know um, there's a lot of really good stuff still around I guess what I will grab is let them all talk mm, yeah Steven Soderbergh's lovely adult drama starring Meryl Streep and Candace Bergen Jesse Eisenberg set on the Queen Mary Mm-hmm. Uh, where uh, an author Meryl Streep, right? Is it the Queen Mary?
2: Yeah, but I is it so, Jesse no. Eisenberg? No, it's, it's Deborah it's... Eisenberg who wrote the
3: Who's the Oh Lucas, Lucas Hedges. Hedges? Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah, Deborah yeah, yeah. Eisenberg, Lucas Hedges. My bad. Uh, and um, yeah, it's De- Deborah Eisenberg, the great, the great novelist and short story writer, wrote the screenplay for and it's this. The Queen Mary two. Sorry, did the Queen Mary one sink?
2: Great cue. I think it's
3: just haunted. It's <laughs> a drift that's where, in the Pacific. That's what Ghost Ship is yeah. on. Yeah. Um, Can and, I tell you
0: my story about this? Sure. I recently saw Steven Soderbergh. I I uh, moderated a conversation right. with him. Was um, it about the NBA and season tournament? Or what was it, it was. Yeah. And he was very dismayed by what's going on with Zion. He's like, this man is eating a lot of food. Uh, no, he. It was for uh, once within a time a film that he executive produced, and I went to go meet with him um, in the back of the theater before the the panel. And I introduced myself, uh, and he was like, "Yeah, let them all talk." That, which is when I interviewed right. him for the show, was for the movie, and he instantaneously recognized that. And I don't know why, but I was like, "I'm, I'm seen. I'm alive. I'm alive in this world." Steven Soderbergh remembered my face from Zoom two and a half years ago when we talked about this movie. That you know probably has a fairly small reputation. It does, in, in part because of the time when it was released, but is. Very, very interesting. It's very cool. So So cool.
3: Cool and well done. And also, I think Soderbergh suffers from uh, a lot of expectation being put on films that then people consider minor or like don't quite have like the big boom pow moments that they want. Um, No Sudden Move is one of my favorite movies from the last few years, which is one that is only like emerged and like grown in my estimation as I've like watched it over and over again. He was kind of on the cutting edge of like being like, I'll fucking if Max wants to give me money to make these adult dramas, like, I'm gonna just crank them out. What a guy. And they're actually quite awesome. And when you take them out of the, like, did this kind of, was this successful? Mm-hmm. Or did did it dominate conversation? Did people come up to you and say, sir, sir, have you seen Let Them All Talk yet? Take it out of all that shit and just watch the movie. It's great.
0: Good pick. I have a very Wait, tweet
3: can I, list.
2: Can I give some updates on the Queen Mary and the Queen Mary 2? Certainly. So the original Queen Mary was launched in 1936 and retired in 1967 and now... Apparently. Retired to hell. No, well, to Long Beach.
0: So <laughs> That's true. You can tour <laughs> really it. Really up I to you. Right next to the aquarium. Yeah, you can tour exactly. It.
2: Yeah. And then the Queen Mary 2, as of 2023, the Queen Mary 2 is the only ocean liner in service. So I there have you go. a couple go. of questions. Yeah.
3: Have you ever been to Long Beach?
2: I don't think so.
0: Didn't you? I have
3: yeah. Say for like a while where you're like, my thing is, I'm going to fly, fly out of, out of Long, Long Beach? Beach Airport. Yeah, I did. You did say
0: I've that. done it many times, and I've thought about that. Uh, huh. It's they've killed a lot of the um, flights. Yeah, a lot of the flights that I used to take are no longer operable, unfortunately. You have the new, the new, new, the, the new Long Beach. Ontario. Yeah, what's the new? The new yeah, Ontario. yeah, Ontario. I mean
2: that that is a little bit because I can only fly that to Atlanta because Atlanta oh. is a it's like a regional airport. So if you're flying to a hub. That Ontario, that like covers Ontario. JFK does not. Yeah, that's the Atlanta, the is like the real southern. See, I think Long Beach also
0: spiked its JFK route, yeah, which is troubling for me, which means I have to go to LAX to do this. Yeah, we still have
2: to do that, and we have to go to LAX to go to Philly. The Burbank
0: flight is the overnight, yeah. That has been this episode of The Californians. Thank (laughs) you for listening. Um, Amanda, you have a pick.
2: I have wild card. And I have a long list that I'm not going to read because Chris uh, was just rude about it. So instead, <laughs> I only meant it as I a think drafted, you should read it
3: as a drafting. I'll thing. do it later.
2: I'll do it later when we do. <laughs> will do it live. <laughs> Fuck it. I am going to take uh, the assistant, uh, written mm. and directed by Kitty Green, um, which is you know, like another smallish film that I think did an awards or like a. Um, a festival run in 2019 was released at the beginning of 2020 is about a young woman who works at an unnamed Hollywood office for what turned out to be a, a, an executive based on, on, on many different Hollywood individuals. Um, well, I guess she hasn't been explicit about it, but there is there are shades of uh, Harvey Weinstein, there are shades of Scott Rudin, um, and... It's an amazing, like, quiet, anxious performance by Julia Garner with some incredible supporting cameos and, well, roles and in cameos, including Matthew McFadden as the HR director. One of, like, the most upsetting um, and just, like, true scenes written in the last, you know, filmed in the last few years.
0: Darkly cynical and yeah. funny and uncomfortable yes, and
2: awful. Yes. Yeah. Um, Patrick Wilson just mm. shows up. I'm just always excited um, when Patrick Wilson shows up except for Aquaman 2. Um, you don't a great- know.
0: You don't know. What if you love
2: it? What, what if I love it? You loved that's Extraction. True. I did. And I love the sea. You know?
0: It's Extraction Underwater. Did you see Insidious 5? No. <laughs> he directed that. He did. He also oh. stars in it.
2: Oh, that's right. I, I, you guys recapped it for me, so it's okay. like I saw it. Yeah. Anyway, the assistant feels like it was a little underseen just because of when it was released in 2020. And what's um, their new
3: one? The one, the new one that
0: they did together. Kitty Green is uh, the Royal Hotel. Yeah, the Royal Hotel.
2: also yeah. a great movie Terrific. from this year. One that, of my favorites this year um, that I recommend.
0: Uh, yeah, I saw this at Telluride with our friend Gilbert Cruz, and we sat oh, down. Oh yeah, it was like the second, first or second thing we saw at Telluride. Knew nothing about it. Didn't even put together like what Kitty Green had done before. Was just like. Someone in line was like, I heard this is good, um, which is one of the exciting things about festivals, obviously. And we sat down and we were blown away and made very uncomfortable. I think we sat in the first row because it was so hard to get a seat.
2: Yeah. Um, also, Gilbert likes to sit really close to the screen Is that true? Yeah. Okay.
0: Um,
2: You're really close to the screen, I mean.
0: Hi, Gilbert. We had some great times together at Tilly ride. Hope you come back soon. Uh, great movie. Very, very. Kitty Green is one of my favorites right now. Okay. Wild card. I'm taking the Vast of Night.
2: Thanks, man. Um. What's that?
0: That's, that was, I think that was my favorite movie of 2020. I think it was too. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I
2: remember this now. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: A very interesting movie directed by Andrew Patterson. A very kind of homemade sci fi sort of Twilight Zone influence film set in Texas, Techno, New Mexico in the 1950s. You know, strong overtones of kind of UFO culture, strong overtones of uh, future podcasting culture and uh, radio making. Yeah. Features one of the most breathtaking tracking shots in recent movie history. And it's written
3: in a language all of its own.
0: Yes. Uh, Like a very
3: fast-paced twang, I would say. Terrific
0: movie. Andrew Patterson, I have no idea what happened to him. Shaka and Andrew. Where are are they? they? Where are they? I think two guys who deserve to get a lot more money and a lot more opportunity to do whatever they want to do. Uh, This movie was acquired out of 2019 Sundance by Amazon. And I think a lot of people watched it. Another yet another movie that with no stars that very few people would have thought about, but for people just looking for something new to yep. watch. Um this was also a huge Adam Nayman favorite. He talked about it on the show a couple of times and just an excellent film. So if people have not seen The Vast of Night, I recommend they check it out. I also had a long list for wildcard and drama and even comedy and action thriller horror there's a lot of stuff on the board here that I would have been happy with knowing that there were not five to seven desperately it vied must. for yeah. yeah I mean was Tenet really the only movie that you're like well you just want to have this I yes. guess maybe yes. Yes, I think, think so. because maybe? of Blockbuster yeah. that's I've, the case Yeah,
2: but Mank there were so many other Oscar nominees and right. dramas right. that were like small but worthy
0: and if, among many Chris Nolan fans Tenet is kind of reviled you know so yeah. even then the the unanimous one is not that powerful so very weird draft um a few films that I wrote down Sound of Metal which I thought about taking in drama which I liked I wasn't as like over the moon for it as the rest of the world but I did like it and I thought Riz Ahmed was very good in it um Paul Greengrass's News of the World a movie I really wish I could have seen in a the theater oh yeah it has some amazing cinematography that movie Especially in the, you know, like the kind of windstorm sequence mm-hmm. near the end of it. And I'm, I remember watching it at home and just feeling like, fuck, like this is not how this is supposed to be seen.
2: I remember watching it at home thinking it was pretty good. And I don't remember what happens at the end.
0: Yeah, it's it, that's a tough so. one. That's a little bit lost. I mean, Minari, we did not. We did. Did we mention Minari? Um,
2: oh, yeah, because it was el- it was eligible. But yeah, very good. Wonderful.
0: Ben Affleck's The Way Back.
2: I thought you might have this on your, I guess it is on so It's on my drama podcast. list. Yeah.
0: This is um, Gavin O'Connor, right? Gavin O'Connor, yeah. yeah. One of Ben's best performances, I think, truly. And a very self-reflexive kind of role. You mentioned The Five Bloods, mm-hmm. Spike's movie, which is, you know, imperfect late period Spike, but I think very entertaining. Awesome Delroy Lindo performance awesome in this movie. Me. Yeah, awesome. That's right. Um, what else? What other, the other movies <laughs> on your list? Um, I think it's, uh, yeah, I have, a, I
3: have a few. Go ahead.
2: I had some comedies, on the rocks. Yeah, my girl Sophia driving through New York with Bill Murray, looking at awesome side twomblyes that his character owns. Seems like a nice time. Uh, Emma,
0: mm-hmm. the the Austin
2: adaptation, which that was, was very my next good.
0: comedy I would have taken.
2: Yeah, um, another. I think this Shiva baby could have gone in comedy. I don't
0: think it's officially released until twenty one.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I All probably right. would have taken it. I think, okay. it's, I well, think it's, then it's a distribution release
0: that I, date. Is, okay. Well, I think it was supposed to play Sundance in 2020 or South by in 2020, okay. but then we didn't see it till 21.
2: Got it. Okay. So maybe next year at yep. this time. Yep. If we're still alive. <laughs> um, Sylvie's Love.
0: Yeah. 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 I remember that.
2: And I think this, yeah, this re- was released at the end of 2020 and it was a Sundance movie Um, written and directed by Eugene Ash and. It's just like a love story, like a very old school kind of romance with Tessa Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the Garrett Bradley documentary, Time, um, which I also could have done an Oscar nominee pretty, um, just like an extraordinary documentary if you haven't seen it. I believe it's available on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. yeah.
0: Very good film. Um, Boy State 2 was a documentary that I loved from that year. And this year it was just announced at Sundance that Girl State, is oh, premiering, which is cool. the follow-up from the same filmmakers, Amanda McBain and Jesse Moss.
3: Is I'm thinking of ending things this year.
0: It is. It was the, uh, the number two in my wild wild card. So
3: that's that's one for me, Possessor, Brandon Cronenberg's just absolutely mind-blowing. Awesome uh, movie. Another movie.
0: movie didn't see it in a theater. Uh,
3: uh Host, which is actually a movie it does not matter if you see it in a theory because it's set entirely on Zoom. It's a horror film from Rob Savage. Uh The Nest. Sean Durkin's uh, Portrait of a Family in the 1980s starring Jude Law and Carrie Coon. And you guys will be talking about Durkin, I'm sure.
0: I'm overdue for a revisit of this. I saw this movie at Sundance in the, in the my... hottest movie theater of all time <laughs> um, and had, a, I would say, a bad movie-going experience, and it was really, really mixed on the movie.
3: So I, th- this was in my top five, I think, yeah. uh,
0: at the end of the year with
3: Vast of Night and stuff like that. And um, what else?
2: Why didn't you pe- pick any of your top fives?
3: Because I wanted to mix it up. I feel like I've like talked about Host a bunch and I think Vast of Night. Like, I talked about a bunch tr- at the end of that year.
0: I was surprised you didn't take Host. I know that, that's a big one for you. But you have t- spoken about it quite a bit.
3: How about the Informer? The Joel Kinnaman, Rosamund Pike thriller? Mm. Sure,
0: yeah. That, that movie hard. was okay yeah um, <laughs> that was a movie I feel like we were waiting like 12 years yeah. to be released uh,
3: that has a great cast can I just run it run through it I just sure. did the do little thing but jo- jo- Joel Kinnaman <laughs> Rosamund Pike it's Common, called is Emma Thompson and in the informer Anna DeArmas and Clive Owen ooh Clive Damn. Owen doing something on a murder at the end of the world right now by the way <laughs>
0: interesting what happened to him uh, I don't know He's fucking like, beautiful man so
2: that's just like Reddit solves mur- it's like a Reddit board but a TV show uh, it's it's supposed to be,
3: it's, too, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot that's going on. But Britt Marling is a very interesting filmmaker. One or two more uh, wild cards. Uh, just random movies I oh, wanted to now mention. Now you've
2: got time. Oh, well,
3: I'm, I'm not going <laughs> anywhere. I don't have anything more <laughs> just... I was saying that if you're drafting a movie, and then you're like, but I'm calling out 11 other movies before I take a pick, mm-hmm. then when I pick one of the 11 movies, it doesn't hit as hard.
1: I think we should explore a radical new format for this podcast, which is we only go around and say just the name of the movie that you're drafting, and it ends after three minutes. Vetoed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, uh, the King of Staten Island for the scene where
3: Bill Burr talks about the Jets. (laughs)
0: That's that's also a documentary.
3: Yeah. Um, And uh, Underwater, the movie where Kristen Stewart's underwater.
0: Yeah, you may have heard that film praised in our Garbage Fish episode. Uh, I had a couple more. Uh, I kind of liked Freaky, the Catherine Newton, Vince Vaughn body swap serial killer movie. Anybody, you ever watched that one?
2: No, but I do remember I liked the trailer.
0: It was a very good trailer, yeah. pretty funny movie. The Dark and the Wicked was a very fucked up yeah, horror movie from that's this Marin year. Ireland, right? Marin, Ireland. yeah. The Climb is a movie I awesome like quite movie. a
3: bit. I just watched that for the first time really? recently. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I Those guys came in um, and we recorded... An episode about that movie like six months before it actually got released. Uh, I think it's, it's oh, it this the, is the Michelangelo one. Covino. Yeah, um, I watched this. <laughs> you're gonna shit on the climb. It's about dudes talking about hanging out. It's no, like me no, and no. Cr talking about yeah, Michael. No, Mann. it's beautiful.
2: I I have a really. I don't know whether it, this is the podcast to talk about cyclists right now. Let's you do know. It. Let's do it.
3: I think we need to end on... Just, what's what's We what's, should be ascending. This this should be... A, like, let's end on a great
0: note. Last or after the year, what, what's going on with cyclists? I yeah. Just, Do you not like... I, I
2: really... I think that cyclists are some of our... Like, the most... Ungenerous members of society.
3: Mm. Purely uh, cyclists or anyone riding a bike?
2: Purely cyclists. And that's a huge distinction. Thank you so much. I support the environment. I support alternate modes of transportation. But we I support don't live in Copenhagen. Safety. So. Well, I just, no, it's honestly, if you're trying to get around somewhere mm-hmm. on your bike, that's great. You are another person, you know, moving in the world and you deserve safety and respect. Yeah. All of these people in their fucking spandex just terrorizing pedestrians and you know people who are also trying to enjoy recreation in the world they are so selfish oh, like and at parks rude parks and stuff there's like a peloton like just port. running around the rose bowl on a tuesday night those guys are mean they are not giving back to the larger pasadena community okay <laughs> so so the yeah your pasadena community
1: <laughs> Holy shit!
2: And basically, if you have to wear special spandex and like bike with a lot of your buddies, then you're part of the problem. Uh,
3: you know the scene. I guess this movie, this pod, is coming out before Ferrari, right? What just happened? You're, this is coming out before Ferrari.
0: <laughs> it's coming out before Ferrari. Yeah. Okay.
3: Okay. I don't want
0: to spoil Ferrari. Okay. The, the film or the pod? Uh, the film. It's it is a huge plot twist that Ferrari is actually making bicycles <laughs> in the he, film.
1: He just walks around
3: in spandex with his big Italian stomach hanging over it, and uh, he's been like, "I got two wives." Uh, <laughs>
0: uh, I, I haven't really thought much about cyclists, okay? But, but I'm I'm glad you do. Were you feel able like you uh, as
3: as a driver of 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 some ill repute. Of fast cars and fast women. Do you respect bike lanes? Do you think about the bike lane? Meaning,
0: do I actively attempt to hit bicyclists? When you
3: see someone in a bike lane, are you like, I'll get in the left lane and give this guy a little bit of breathing room? Or do you give him a haircut?
0: If I get into the left lane, it's just to get past him. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I will not drive my automobile behind a bicycle because that's what they did in nineteen twenty eight. So I, I I I do I think that bicycles should be allowed in the roadway? That's, no. That I is don't.
3: a that is a thing that I think we need to fix. I think if Joe Biden gets a second term, I want that uh, within I mean the first I support days. bike lanes, it's, of it's course. Like, but distinguishing Maybe we should start building more monorails or something. Yeah. We have to get people off the road. Well,
0: it's always particularly vexing to me when it's like a 38-year-old man on a Huffy, and he's just like pumping out <laughs> yeah. 18 miles an hour on Sunset Boulevard. And I'm like, 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 sir,
3: either get a car or get off the road. Yeah, he's listening to The National, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he's got really exquisite facial hair, and he's headed to a bartending class.
1: Um, those guys should should be shot in public, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You guys are so you guys are gonna get hammered for this. Bicyclists <laughs> stick together. Like you are barking up the wrong tree no, right no, now. No, I, was right. This this very, I was
2: very specific. Organized cyclists in spandex. Rich guys in their Around fancy the Rose outfits. Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Listen, really anywhere. Any anytime you're just like driving up a mountain. Also, I mean, this is why the climb is like those guys. <laughs> you know what? And and my son and I almost got run over by a cyclist. I guess a mountain biker, this, mountain Amanda. Bike. This is
3: a great, like, psychological thriller pitch you're throwing away. It's called the the cyclist, and it's about a cyclist who chases you around the <laughs> yeah. greater. It's Pasadena like
2: it's area. like Steven
0: Spielberg's Duel, but with a bike.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just it's not safe, and they're and they're so entitled about it too because it you know they've like taken over like you know keep the
3: you kind of keep the road safe like, uh, for everyone. Isn't this Gladwell's whole thing about? Public Golf courses, yeah, but I don't recognize that take um
0: yeah. I, it's dangerous if you've had an an unhappy encounter on the road, yeah, are you the kind of person who will roll down the window and while you're driving by share your feelings oh jesus <laughs> I,
2: <laughs> have you has that guy reached out to you, which has guy? like the the guy that you got shouted at because you totally paused at a stop sign.
3: No, but it has become, like, I think something that people... Rec- like, I think people attach poor etiquette, stop sign etiquette with me now. They're just like, oh. when Chris Ryan's not running through red lights, <laughs> he's doing funny voices. <laughs> well,
0: he's not racing through my heart, he's racing through a stop sign.
2: Um, <laughs> I... No, I don't, but I okay. did... Uh, there was a group of unruly teens who almost T-boned <laughs> me the other day. teens? Yeah, you it You sound was, like you're eight. <laughs> well... <laughs> what are you looking at me for? Because this is you the, asked. I almost got fucking t boned outside this office because these teens were trying to be in the background of some Instagram shoot. Because we work in Hell, aka the Arts District, and like, and then they just sped off. And I was like, should I go follow them and yell at them? Yeah. And then I didn't. The because answer is no. No, I didn't. So I don't. I just I keep driving.
0: This episode has the spirit of Christmas,
3: don't you think? That's what I do. Whenever a guy almost T-bones me, I say Merry Christmas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I say, sir.
1: Should we recap our picks? <laughs> sure. I tell them to subscribe to the big picture. When someone cuts me off, I'm like, subscribe to the big picture. Like and subscribe, life. please. Uh, Sorry, all right.
0: follow the... Follow, follow the big picture. Follow, please. sorry, we don't follow. We follow do follow, we don't. Right, but we, we don't do follow, follow. follow bikes on the road, but we follow the big picture on Spotify. Exactly. Yes. yes. Put Thank it, you for put it making on shirt. that clear.
1: Put it on a shirt. Chris, why don't you
0: recap your selections in the 2020 movie draft? In
3: drama, I took Thomas Vinterberg's Another Round. In action thriller horror, I took Dave Franco's The Rental. <laughs> don't laugh. Uh, in comedy, I took Happiest Season. In blockbuster, I took The Gentleman. Incredible. This took The Gentleman. You took the gentleman like third overall. I was overall. going to.
2: That's the thing. I would have taken I it. I took the gentleman. You were that both That was like, my number two. Yep. <laughs> and then Bad Voice for Life was all I had left. 2020
0: this is was also actually up.
3: why you have to listen to the pods and not just look at the list of movies yeah. when it's uh, done. Well, you know,
0: I agree with that, but no one does that. Uh,
3: in Oscar nominee, I took Mank. In Wildcard, I took Let Them All Talk. So I got Soderbergh, Fincher, Richie. <laughs> all the greats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll read mine in then a minute. I can close it out. <laughs> okay. uh, in drama, I took Kelly Reichert's First Cow. In action, thriller, or horror film, I took The Invisible Man. In comedy, I took Shithouse. In blockbuster, I took The Antithesis of Shithouse, which is Tenet. In Oscar nominee, I took Judas and the Black Messiah. And in Wildcard, I selected The Vast of Night.
2: Can I say one more thing about cyclists? <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> well, no, so when I applied for my California driver's license. They make you retake the written test, right? Mm-hmm. And Chris actually gave me a very important piece of advice for passing the written test, which I was unusually stressed about. It's because I want to, I never want to fail a test. And he was like, here's the thing. If it's a question about motorcycles, the answer is they can do whatever they want. It's true. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like cyclists are operating by the same rules, and that doesn't seem safe to the rest of us.
0: And I think that it's fair for motorcyclists. I do not think it's fair for bicyclists. Sure. Yeah. I, you, you would
3: think, though, that the reverse would be true, is that by giving you know, your physical sweat mm-hmm. to save the world, you should get to scooch in between cars. But when motorcycles on the 10 fucking buzz the tower on you, and when you're in bumper to bumper and you can see a motorcycle is doing 60 through the, the little window that they have, I am both envious and I, and I also fear
0: them. I, you've just been disqualified from the bike riders episode of this podcast. No, that's that not true. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what you don't know is fucking Amanda is in charge I'm now. taking over the yeah. schedule. That's a good point. That's yeah. right. Chris I Ryan, forgot. I forgot.
0: <laughs> or will you be inviting Chris to the bike riders episode of this podcast? I've already booked myself
3: onto night swim. <laughs>
0: that's true. You, did. you started asking. Yeah. You, what's going on with that?
3: I just want to, I want to You ex- want st- to spend time? Busy. You, you want to yeah. be close to
0: all this? I want to make sure I'm here. Yeah. Uh, will you see Night Swim, Amanda? It's about a haunted pool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is. It is. Sure. It comes also, out January 5th. What's the movie with the little girl? Um. Oh, imaginary. With a little girl named Alice who has an imaginary friend oh that's God. a teddy bear. I'll that's, see that. Yeah, uh, I've seen that trailer pod. a lot. Is that that's a horror horror Alice's movie? first pod. Yeah, yeah, it's a
0: horror movie. It's from Jeff Wadlow, the director of this year's Fantasy Island. <laughs> Holy shit. it's an imaginary friend movie starring a young girl named Alice
2: yeah and then her imaginary friend takes her over and starts murdering
0: people it's like post Megan
2: are, core I'm not imaginary
3: I'm already so ready for dumpuary like Ugh. I'm so ready for like
0: we got a, we got a big one coming um, will
2: you do Argyle with us yes okay yeah. yeah. I like can't believe that that's a real movie Every time. Trailer is
0: flying out at us every day.
2: And the the worst part is like every time I watch the trailer, I'm like, I can't believe this is real. And then there's like this tiny thing that's like, what if I like it?
1: What if I like archive? Why wouldn't you? Dude, you might. Okay. It's about writing fiction. Sure. Every time I watch the trailer, I'm so personally offended by it. And there's also like seven people behind me fucking dying laughing. <laughs> so That's where we're at. It smells like <laughs> that a head. Is exactly I'm like horrified
2: and also like, oh no, what if I have a good time? What I'm does that say about me?
0: Very pro Sam Rockwell and mid pro Matthew Vaughn. So I'm not writing it off.
2: And Cavill. Okay. Ke- yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And Dua Lipa.
2: Sure. Yeah. I'm. What are Dua Lipa's fans called, Bobby? Uh, Do you know?
1: Liverpool
0: fans, because she has
1: a song called "One Kiss" that they sing. They're called. They're called guys like me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
2: like I'm in. Did
3: you see her podcast? Babies. Yeah. Have you watched her podcast at all? No. Have I? No.
2: no. But she regrammed a screenshot of our podcast. Yeah. Did you know that we were on Dua Lipa's
0: Instagram?
1: The Big picture was what, yeah. <laughs> Did you guys get a lot of followers yeah, out of like, it? Like,
2: not intentionally, no. And we, d- we weren't at it, so oh, we didn't, get
0: it was because it was she like Spotify's best of the year. And one of them was one of Dua Lipa's episodes, oh, and, and it was matched with it. our Barbie episode, yeah. Today. And so, 25 million people on Instagram know what the big picture logo looks like, yeah. But there, there was no link, unfortunately, for us. Has anyone seen the poster for Madam Web? Yes. No. I'd like you to Google it I right think now. It's, I think that this is actually.
2: <laughs> I can't. I
0: I'm, an
3: extension of the curse.
0: This is my most anticipated movie of twenty twenty four. Yeah, of course. I. This poster looks like one of the fake posters from Scott Pilgrim. Like it can't be real. Like we can't actually. It's like that it, can't be a movie. It's
3: like coming home in a body bag. You it, know it, what I mean? It, it totally. It, it's like is. That kind
0: of. movie. Yes. Is it
2: like this? Yes. Wow. Okay.
0: What? Who let Dakota Johnson do that? Why is Sydney Isn't Sweeney in like the, to- the top left corner, like barely visible?
2: Honest question.
0: The poster for anyone but you is like literally Sydney Sweeney's ass. Like right. if you have
2: right, right, <laughs> Sydney right. No, no, Sweeney no, no. in your movie, uh, you can't like, make her. No, no. This is related. This is related because who let Dakota Johnson do this? Honest question. Do you think that that is her actual voice in the like? Oh, and My she's mom like, was My spiders. Mother. Yeah, or is that AI in that trailer? <laughs> I'm like, it it you, it could be. We AI. We don't see her say it. Right? Yeah, yeah, we don't see her say it. Yeah. So it's... like, I, and I asked this by saying, like, what level of awareness and involvement do you think that Dakota Johnson has in the Madam <laughs> Web experience? I'm, I, at I, I this don't this point? think was I've she been, ever on
3: set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I am like, I have not anticipated anything more than her promotional run for this movie, where she has to sincerely she's be legendary.
2: She is so.
3: Because if she Good. does her thing where she's like, ha-ha, I'm lying, and yeah. she does that about Madame Webb, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. If she's like, Miles Morales is in this movie, and he's just Have not- you seen her
2: Architectural <laughs> Digest tour?
3: <laughs> I have seen her Digest tour. Okay. But that's not her house, right?
2: No, I think it's her house, but it's like, set dressed without, maybe it's not her house. Or wait,
3: no, it's her house, but she's like, doing things like, look at all the oranges. and Yeah,
2: so- no, it's limes. And she's like, yeah. I love limes. And yeah. then she's like, no, I hate limes. Um, And then she's like, this was from Winston Churchill's boat.
0: (laughs) Guys, I want to say thank you. I
2: didn't read my film list yet.
0: Oh, sorry. (laughs) Please do
3: that now. Okay,
2: sorry. This uh, is the
3: fucking funniest list ever. Go ahead. Now that I'm thinking about what you drafted, this is amazing.
2: In drama, I have never, rarely, sometimes, always. In action, thriller, horror, I have extraction. (laughs) In comedy, I've got Palm Springs. In blockbuster, I have Bad Boys for Life. In Oscar nominee, I have Quo Vadis And in wildcard, I have The Assistant.
3: It's like literally somebody who's having a psychotic break.
1: It's I think a, this is an Amanda win in a Lance. This, is, this is such a W. It, it's you better fucking win for this list, I w-
2: and I won't. But that's okay. <laughs> You're
1: such a real one. I for
2: know. this list. <laughs> Like as long cool as body as long as, as long as you know, <laughs> as long as you see it, like that's fine. I'm good.
3: Oh my god! I know
0: the Dob mob, of course. This is why they can't. They can't does.
3: replace us with robots. They can't.
0: They can't replace you guys. I think I could be replaced, honestly. But no. I think, I think I've become predictable. Nevertheless, you've let your lights shine here on the last draft of the year. I want to thank you both. Thank you, Bobby Wagner, for, uh, for drafting. We have so many, like literally 14 more episodes this year, so don't not to worry, including our next episode, which is the episode I've most looked forward to this year. It's about Maestro, Bradley Cooper's new movie. Amanda, what are you going to do?
2: Just podcast for like eight hours. Okay. Yeah.
0: Chris, thank you so much for podcasting with us. It's been a delight. You know? You smell terrific. (laughs) We'll see you soon.